You're listening to Cockadoodle News on WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia. Everyone out there at Radio Land, this is Cockadoodle News. It is Wednesday, January 23rd, and we are broadcasting to y'all. Coming up on our show today, we have wages rising in South Carolina. The government is still shut down, in case you haven't noticed. Yoga Hut is no longer, and also, here's what's happening at USC. All of this and more when we return. As always, if you're ever listening and you have an opinion you'd like to share or if you just want to chat, give us a call. Our number is 803-576-9872. That's 803-576-WUSC. And in case you haven't noticed, we're taking much shorter breaks and much fewer breaks this semester. So feel free to reach out to us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Just search WUSC News. Welcome back. This is still Cockadoodle News. We are still on WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. And our wages are still seven twenty-five. But according to a report from Watch Fox, um, more money could be entering your pockets in the next few years. A new bill has been fired with the South Carolina House that would raise the minimum wage from seven twenty-five to ten ten over three years. Well, a raise in the minimum wage may sound very pleasant on the surface. It's a bit more complicated than that. The local business owners are concerned that they may have to lay off employees because they can't afford to have as many people on staff with higher wages. Additionally, a rise in the minimum wage could just drive up prices of goods in the general, nullifying the wage increase as people continue to get paid more. The dollar loses some value. As an example, did some research this afternoon, apparently... In the 50s, you got paid a dollar an hour, and baseballs were 27 cents. And now, you can't really buy a baseball just by itself. Uh, But I did go on Walmart, and a pack of eight baseballs in a bucket is about $20, which ranges out to $2.50 a baseball. So that's a very simple explanation that I have for wages. Not saying that raising wages is a bad thing. But am saying it's not necessarily, I think, all that is cracked up to be. And there are some more underlying issues. So those are my thoughts. Also, uh, moving on, according to the Washington Post, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced today that she will not allow President Trump to deliver his State of the Union address in the House. This came up hours after Trump announced that he planned to show up on the 29th when the State of the Union is scheduled to take place. This announcement was made despite an earlier letter from the Speaker receding her invitation that the president, um, for the President to make his address, stating that he could only do so once the government was open. If you were confused by that long paragraph, don't be worried because I was too when I first saw an article on this. So because it's confusing, let me give you a quick summary of the Choose Sparring Match. Enter summary according to Rosie. December 22nd, a partial U.S. shutdown began, um, which we now know and have found out that this is the longest shutdown in U.S. history. Go us, I guess. I don't know what to say to that. 
later on, on January 3rd, 12 days into the partial government shutdown, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi invited President Trump to the House to deliver his State of the Union address. The government was already shut down at this point. We are 12 days in. 25 days in, January 16th, Nancy Pelosi sent Trump a letter saying that he is uninvited to the House because of security concerns. Later that day, the, social, the Secret Service and the Department of Homeland Security responded to Pelosi, saying that they were prepared to cover the State of the Union and all is good. So then she went back and said, well, you may be able to cover the State of the Union, but you shouldn't have to if you're not paid. Trump still can't come. The next day, 26 days in, Trump said to Pelosi that she can't go on her trip because of security concerns, but she can fly commercial. Pelosi planned to fly commercial until her travel plans leaked, causing an an actual security concern that forced her to cancel. You with me so far? Moving on to today, we are 32 days in. Trump sent a letter to Pelosi saying that there were no security concerns, and he spoke to Homeland Security and the Secret Service prior to her original January 16th letter. In short, he's going to be at the House on the 29th, as originally planned. Hours later, Pelosi responded to Trump in a letter saying that she's not allowing him to come on the 29th, and they'll set a mutually agreed-upon date after the government was open again. Oh, and by the way, she did originally invite him when the government was shut down, but she nor anyone else believed the government would still be shut down this long. Woo! Are you exhausted yet? I am. Before the Trump, sorry, before President Trump can speak, there has to be a vote on a joint session, which hasn't happened. And Nancy Pelosi implied in her letter today that it's not going to happen until the government's open. Trump did state that he's currently looking for an alternative location to deliver his address. Seeing as we've never seen a government shutdown overlap with the State of the Union, right now we are setting precedents for how Congress and the President will hand this, God forbid, in the future, should this arise again. This continual power struggle between the Speaker and the President is only a day before votes in the sentence in the Senate, which could open up the government. In case you are not aware... Uh, Two votes are expected to take place tomorrow, which could open up the government after over a month. President Trump announced his proposal, um, which calls for 50 or sorry, five point seven billion dollars in funding, much different than fifty seven billion, five point seven billion dollars in funding for his wall in exchange for protection for DACA immigrants for about three years. Just as a reminder, in case you aren't aware, DACA recipients, which are often called dreamers, are immigrants who were brought over illegally as children, um, obviously against their will, and they only know America as home. They were brought over generally when they were, you know, two, three, five years old, somewhere around there. If you would like more information on DACA and dreamers, we have a podcast specifically designated to that topic. If you go to Spotify and you search WUSC News or Cockadoodle News, you should be able to find that there. Uh, the second proposal is by the Senate, and they said that they will the vote the second. Oh my goodness, I can't speak today. 
The second proposal that the Senate is voting on would be a Democratic bill to provide funding and to open up the government, um, but they will not fund Trump's wall. They are going to designate in this bill um, about $1.3 billion for border security, but stipulated that none of that can be used on the wall. Most news outlets, including NPR, Fox, and CNN, do not expect either to pass. This out, this news outlet, meaning me, myself, and I, also don't believe this will pass after the the letter debacle that we just recapped. So, who knows what's going to happen? This is stressful for me, and honestly, it doesn't really impact me that much. I do not work for the federal government, as you probably guessed. Um, I am not missing paychecks. I'm not traveling. Um, really not coming in contact with the federal government that much. So, all in all, doing pretty well. Uh, but the stories of people who are highly being affected by this, um, who do work for the federal government... It, it just kind of breaks my heart. I feel so bad for them. And in my opinion, which you did not ask for, but I will give for you, I'm kind of over it. And I think a lot of other people are too. So make sure that you tune back in Friday from 6 to 6.30 when we will talk about what happened with this vote. Even though we've already predicted that it won't go through, we'll see if we're right. I think we may be, but l let's just hope that we're not. We're going to take a quick station break, and when we come back, we will have some USC news for you, including what's new at USC and why Yoke Hut is no more. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. <laughs> and we're back. Um... So, I don't know if you've noticed on Maine and... Okay, I'm not going to try to name streets. I'm not that super familiar with Columbia. But down near Strom Fitness Center is a lovely little spot called Yoke Hut. If you go to USC, you've probably been there. My freshman year roommate loved it a lot. And we went a lot. Well, the Daily Gamecocks' Nick Sullivan has reported this week that the campus favorite Yoke Hut is no more. But never fear, dear listeners, the frozen yogurt and smoothie joint has just changed their name and done some renovations. From what I can tell, they haven't changed um, management. They're just rebranding. Um, so they have a new name change. So what was once Yogurt is now the Corner Blend. And what was once an orange and green interior has now been swapped for what Sullivan described in his article as a more refined aesthetic. The menu has also changed with added coffee options, which is in partnership with Inda Coffee, and also a create-your-own acai bowls as opposed to the acai bowls that were pre-created and on the menu. So voila! I haven't been to Yoga in probably a year and a half. It's been a while. Probably a year and a half. My mom really likes it. So when she comes to town, we might have to go revisit the new the new look it's in the same location same everything just rebranding because they felt like people 
thought of them only as yogurt, of which they are not. But I do love fro- everyone's gonna love a good frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt's just something special about it. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Tom Soto is an investment fund manager, but he took an unusual path to get there. I was genetically predisposed to being an activist. I was raised by two Latino civil rights leaders. My parents had come from the farm worker and labor rights movement. As a young adult, he followed in their footsteps and became an activist focused on urban environmental problems. He advocated for clean air and alternatives to dirty diesel buses. But he eventually decided to work for clean air and a healthy climate in a different way. I've always believed that there are a few areas where one can be effective. One as a community spokesperson or activist. The other would be as a political or an elected official. And then the other area now is the activist investor community. For about a decade, he's managed private equity funds that invest in clean energy and green building technologies that help reduce carbon pollution. Soto says by funding clean tech innovation, investors can promote a climate-friendly economy. They can also make money while doing good. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Okay, we are almost out of time, but right quickly before we leave, want to keep you guys updated as always at what's happening at USC. Tomorrow is January 24th, which means that Souls for Souls Shoe Drive will be taking place on Green Street. This will be taking place January 24th and 25th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. The Souls for Souls is a nonprofit organization whose goal is to collect and distribute shoes that people no longer need. Um, to give them to people who who are in need of shoes. Any pair of shoes is redeemable, as if the shoes are too old to be reused. Souls for Souls will recycle the material, so they'll take whatever you've got. You can see them once again on Green Street, January 24th and 25th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Additionally, Black Space will be taking place on Thursday, January 24th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. in the Russell House Intersection Lounge. Black Space is a community building support group for black students, including undergrad, graduate, and professionals at USC. Black Space meets every second and fourth Tuesday from 5.30 to 7.30 to discuss whatever the group members have on their mind. This is a drop-in group, which means that you can drop in at any time and you can stay for the whole time or just for how long your schedule allows. And last but certainly not least, WUSC will be having interest meetings Friday, January 25th from 6 to 7 p.m. in Russell House, room 304. If you're interested in getting involved with College Radio, please come and hear all about WUSC's training process and the incredible opportunities that we have available for you. Additionally, if you're interested in joining the WUSC news team, we will be having a meeting at 7 p.m. in Russell House Room 335A, directly following the USC interest meeting. If you'd like more information about WUSC or the WUSC news team, feel free to reach out to us via email or on our Twitter or Facebook page. If you're looking for WUSC, you can just search WUSCFM. If you specifically would like to get in contact with the news team, we are at WUSC News. Um, But whatever question you have, we can always pass it along to the other. If you would like to check out more 
events that are happening on campus, you can visit sc.edu backslash calendar. And we will see y'all again on Friday from 6 to 6.30 p.m. or sooner if you check us out on Facebook or Twitter. This has been Cockadoodle News on WUSC. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 6 to 6.30 p.m.